12. <clears throat> and this is Hebrews 12, 4. Now, I'm going to be reading in the Aramaic, so it's going to be a little bit different sounding, also known as the Yoda version. But I want us to think about the fact that God nurtures us, okay? And he doesn't nurture us for himself. He nurtures us for, for us. It's for us. For us. Yeah, see, a lot of the world right now is based on selfishness. When someone does a thing, they do it for selfish reasons. A lot of times when you open the door for selfishness, you open the door for a lot of other things, such as lying, cheating, stealing, and so on. And why is that? Because selfishness is a lower realm. It means I'm not valued enough by anybody. I will value myself selfishly. But when a person begins to understand and to acknowledge who they are and the fact that God completely and utterly loves them, accepts them, does not hold their sin against them, is not disappointed with them in any way, and puts them on a pedestal of high value and high worth. And people want to know, you can't say that about people. What if they're bad? What if they're this or that? I will say one thing, and you only need to know one thing to know how much, and that is the cross. The cross is everything. The cross of Jesus Christ represents his, his deep love. Jesus said this, uh, you know, um, a man that gives his life for his friends. He talks about a, a friend that's closer than a brother and giving up his life for his friend. And this is what God did. Even though we were far off from him, Christ died for us. And why did he do that? Because he was demonstrating something. And the Bible very clearly says it wasn't God's wrath on man. It was God's love for man. The scripture says that it was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It wasn't the father and the son. The father wants to hit the son because he wanted to hit the world. God doesn't hit people. <laughs> people do. This is the thing that a lot of folks haven't understood. The destruction and the, and the hurting that happens in the world is self-inflicted. God would never do that. He's a nurturer. He nurtures and develops you according to your nature. The reason that people get hurt is because they're doing things against their nature. When you do things against your nature, you inevitably will hurt yourself. Sin, the infection that infected the world through, through Adam, that particular infection causes people to do things that are unnatural. Lying is unnatural, believe it or not. Even though people are very adept at it and it's become a natural way of life for them, to lie is completely un unnatural. You might see children even lying. They learn at a very young age because they want what they want. And they'll say what they have to say to get what they want, won't they? They learn that very quickly. And where does that come from? That's the nature of sin. Remember, sin is in nature. But Christ has redeemed us from that. He has reconciled us back to God. And if we want to know how valuable we are to God, just look at the cross. Just look at the cross and how important we are that he would do something like that for us. So we need to have that understanding first before we go any further. And that is that God values us. He values us very high. So, and, he, and, and in the Aramaic, the word that is being used a lot is this word nurture, to nurture somebody, to nurture a thing. If you nurture a thing according to its nature, what happens to it? It grows. It develops. It matures. If you nurture a thing against its nature, 
it doesn't do anything and it could die, right? Because you're, you're not, if you water your plants, they grow. If you dry out your plants, they don't. Why is that? Because you know it's a plant. Plants need water. God knows what you need. Surprise. <laughs> so when it comes in, you're like, apparently I need this. Now, not everything that comes into our life is coming from God. And we have the spirit of the Lord to tell us what's of God and what's not of God. You know what I'm saying? So, but God himself watches over us and he nurtures us according to our nature. And he identifies our nature, not us. Now, we might have an idea of what we think we are, but the scripture says that we are created in the likeness and image of God himself. Well, God is infinite. You think we understand exactly who we are? No, but we're learning. And he's the one that's sharing it with us. Now, listen, Hebrews 12, 4. Yet in the marathon against sin, you never arrived unto blood. What does that mean? <laughs> it means you resisted sin, right? But you never sweat drops of blood like Jesus did when he resisted sin, because he resisted it to that degree. But he did it for us. You forget the teaching which is said to you just like to a child. My son, never regress from the training of Yahweh and never disconnect your soul when you are being corrected from him. For, for Yahweh trains that one who he nurtures and he is pulling those children, those he desires. Okay, so if you look at this here, you'll see to pull. He's pulling those children. What is he doing? He's pulling you forth into him. He's showing you. And what is it that he desires? If you look at this one here, if you look at this one here, it says that who does he desire? He desires the whole world, right? He desires the whole world. And, and, and he is the desire of the nations. That's what the Bible says, that he is the desire of the nations, of the nations of the world. What is the thing? So you see the nations, right? Everyone's like, you know, the nations are messed up. We all know this. They can't, they can't get their act together. They never really have. The more, the more power they get, the worse off they become. The power isn't helping them. It's making it worse on them. You know? so, but who is the desire of the nations? Christ. Because there is a higher realm that we go to. And you see glimpses of it. Some nations have done it. America has done it. Other nations. I've seen other nations as well where they look up to the higher realm. They look to Christ and they begin to submit themselves to Christ's authority. When you submit yourself to Christ's authority, you begin to operate in a spiritual authority that comes from heaven. Men are trying to exert themselves and dominate people. And when they dominate them, they destroy them because God doesn't dominate. He nurtures he nurtures. Now, when you're nurturing a thing, such as a plant, and you see a weed, you don't pet the weed, you yank it. Now, God does the same thing, and he will do it again. There are things in this earth that do not belong here, and he will extract every last one of them. There will not be any left. And one of the things that do not belong here, in my opinion, are religious systems. They misrepresent God. They are the hand that hits people and makes people afraid of God. Those systems are not him. You don't have to go to church to see God. You don't have to be a part of an institution in order to have an experience with Yahweh because he is all in all. But if you teach that, then everyone's like, well, they want this. But see, the systems of the earth dominate people. And you can go back in Book of Jubilees. You can go back into, the early, into Genesis, and you can see where, and I, I don't remember the name of the guy, but they were like, and there's this guy this is the first guy that made a bow and arrow. This is the first guy that made a harp. This is the first guy that showed people how to make a building. And this is the first guy who set himself up over everybody else. 
And I thought that was so funny because that really is the definition of a ruler, a person who sets themselves up over everyone else. So apparently before him, people didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, let me give you, yeah, God gave Israel judges, and they wanted a king like everybody else. So he says, well, if you want a king, I'll give you a king, but this is what the king's going to do. He's going to take your land, he's going to tax you, he's going to take your wives and make them his wives. He's going to do this, that, and the other. You still want that? And they're like, yeah, we want that. But he said, I gave you judges. What are judges? Judges are just people that represent God, because before the spirit within us, you know, before Jesus came, they needed somebody who had the spirit upon them. And the judges were like that because they could hear from God. Now we all can hear from God. Well, what does that tell us? We don't need governments. Well, we need love. You know, once we operate out of the love of God, I don't know what this system is going to look like in the future. It's not anything that I've seen yet, but I do know that nations of the earth dominate people. And how do they dominate them? They manipulate them. They lie to them. They control them. They threaten them. They make them afraid continually. People want to know, why is everyone so afraid? I can tell you why they're so afraid, because the nations of the earth are making you afraid. These rulers, these wicked rulers are lying to you. And they're making you fearful through the lies that they are spreading across the earth. They are using manipulation and control to dominate the earth. This is the lower realm system. This is why people, they in the Roman times, what did they make? Gods. Well, what are the gods? Well, the gods are pretty angry. <laughs> Who are they angry with? You. <laughs> and what does that do? Now I'm afraid. Right? What am I afraid of? Well, I don't want to anger the gods. What are they going to do? They're going to take you out. So, so now who becomes the ruler? Well, the gods aren't the ruler. The ruler is the guy who represents the gods. Well, they can control that. They figure out which guy that is. They'll be like, well, now you got to listen to this guy. Because he represents the gods, okay? And they have done this for eons, for millennia. These are the same, it's a, it's a control system to keep people under a fearful base. But what does God do? Does God want you to just run off into the wild and do whatever you want? No, because you could hurt yourself. But what does he do? He honors you. He nurtures you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he, he instructs you. You see what I'm saying? You see the difference between the systems of this world and the systems of our God? They're different systems. The systems of this world are all about control. And whenever a person like myself gets up and says, God loves you, he doesn't hold your sins against you. You can't say that. How am I going to control anybody with that kind of message? You're not going to control them. You're going to nurture them and do what Jesus did for you. You're going to love them and teach them who their real nature is and let God show them that way you know and this is what i think we're coming into is this next age i call it the next age i'm a next age teacher okay the next age is the age of the grace of god and the love of god and yeah do we see a lot of that in in a lot of places no we don't we actually see a lot of manipulation control and fear and why is that because they haven't woken up they're still sleeping a lot of the church is still asleep and what are they asleep to they're asleep to who they are in christ but God is waking people up. People are starting to realize who he is and what he's doing. Why? Because we had this weird idea about ourselves. So look at this scripture. It says, Yahweh trains those that he nurtures. So nurture is another word for love. 
When you love something, you nurture it. You feed it. You care for it. You take care of it. Right? Why do you do that? Because you know what it is and you love it. That's what love does. Love nurtures. But it, the word is actually nurtures. And he is pulling those children, those he, de, he desires. Now, verse 7, therefore endure the training, because just like binding to a child, your actions concern God. Your actions concern God. So when God is training us, because he is training us, surprise, and you know where he's training us? He's training us in heaven. <laughs> Which is great to know, because on earth, it's kind of like, and when I say in heaven, I mean as a person, as a being, you are more than one dimension. You are a multidimensional being. You are a spirit. You are you are a spirit literally having a physical experience, which is kind of interesting, because you think you're a, a physical being having spiritual experiences, but in reality, you're a spiritual being having physical and soul and physical experiences that your soul is translating for you. Okay? So the physical experiences are being translated by the soul. The spirit is speaking through the soul so you can understand. But sometimes people are disconnected and some people's spirits are sound asleep. They have not activated their spirit at all, being in the spirit at all, I mean, because they have become unaware of the Lord until the gospel shared with them. God loves you. Spirit goes, huh? what's that? Oh, yeah, that's right, I remember, right? Because you know who you are, right, in God, because you know your nature. So it says, therefore, endure the training, because just like binding to a child, your actions concern God. For where is a son that his father never trained him? In other words, kids are trained by their parents. This is the way you do it. And if you are without the same training by which everyone is trained, you are a foreigner and you are not a child. So we should be expecting to be trained by God. We are trained by him. We have this process that we're going through, right? Which is the process of being loved by him. <laughs> it's like you're being trained. How are you being trained? In love. What does that mean? I'm learning things that God is sharing with me. How am I learning? I'm learning by him. I'm not learning because I figured it out. Because honestly, you can figure some things out, but here's what a good trainer will do. They'll say, this, this 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 and then you go whoop, and you're like oh i see now because when you're being taught by the lord he will give you because you can only digest so much at a time right but you digest this then this then this then this and then all of a sudden you actually can draw the lines between them you'll actually come in this is called revelation and God can give us training so the training is a process too you remember when you're training you're not just sitting down reading you're doing. You're doing stuff. It's active participation. You're training. If you're training to fight, you're going to have a wooden sword first. Or a stick. Right? Then you're going to have a blunt blade. And then you're going to have a real sword. And then you're going to go fight. Okay? That's, that's, a, that's a military training. Right? You're not going to start with the big sword. You're going to start with the stick. You get to start with a wooden sword that has a little bit of a feel of a sword. And there you are. And you're like, I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. You know? And he's like, well, try this one. You see, this is the training. This is what I was saying at the beginning. We're all being trained. I'm being trained. You're being trained. And we all are learning different things as we go along. Okay? But we can trust the person who's training us. It's the Lord who's training us. He's teaching us these things. And as we're growing, we're being nurtured in our true nature. Okay? This is a little more in-depth teaching today. 
If our parents of the flesh have trained us and we are embarrassed of them, therefore how much we owe of being submitted to the spirit wind of their father and live. For their time was little bits. <laughs> That's so funny how he did that. They have trained us just like they had desired to help God, our partners for his holiness. So basically, I see here, you know, parents of the flesh. In other words, our parents, you know, have trained us, you know, and how much more now the spirit wind, okay, of the father of spirits. So think of it like this. I know, because this is the Yoda version, so let me try to interpret a little better. What he's saying is, in a way, to summarize some of this in, in my understanding, is that our parents teach us for a little while, just a little tiny bit. And then he's saying, how much more, if your parents in the natural would teach you, how much more would your heavenly father train you? You got it? So you were born into this earth by natural parents. They taught you some things. They trained you for a little time. And then he's saying, now think about that. Now think about where you come from. You come from heaven. How much more would the father of spirits do the same thing? And how long does he train us for? Well, you're an eternal spirit. <laughs> you're going to be trained for a long time. And why is that? Because it's love. Love nurtures. Anyone that is trained is not always expecting joy, but it has grief. In other words, some of the training that we're doing may not be great on our soul. In other words, what we're seeing, we may be like, ah, I don't think I like this as much right now, but I know what it means. I know it is my training. I know it is part of me being nurtured and developed in the spirit. It may not be joy. It might have some grief. In other words, this isn't as fun. I want the real sword. I have a wooden sword, but okay, I'll keep fighting. You know what I'm saying? But in the end, those that have word wrestled with him grant the fruit of peace and righteousness. So these are the literal words, okay? And I won't get into any of that. But you, what he's saying is, is look at the end. The end is the fruit. Because of this, confirm your hands and solidify your trembling knees. Produce an upright course for your feet that none of the limping body parts will fail, but would be cured. Run after peace and after holiness with everyone. Apart from that, no man sees into our Lord. Okay, so what we're looking at now is what? Because of this, a couple things. First of all, Yahweh, our Father, right? He is teaching and training us. He is bringing us through these processes of learning. And as we're learning and as we're being trained, some of them may be cool and some of them may be not so great but the, why are they not so great because you have you're going through a thing and when you go through it you come out on the other side and it's saying remember when you're going through that training and you get to the other side what you get is invaluable what you get is eternal how many things can you work on that you say what i just got was eternal <laughs> I planted a plant. I made a, I made a flower. It's definitely not eternal. <laughs> but the things that God trains us in, the things that he nurtures us in, the things that we are being brought into brings the fruit, the Bible says, of peace and righteousness. And Jesus said the peace that he gives is not like the peace of the world. It passes understanding. It passes 
any thoughts that we have. So we have this peace from him, and then we have this righteousness. This is the fruit of righteousness. Righteousness is fruit. It's not a thing you do. It comes off of you. It's, it's righteous, okay? So because of this, it says, confirm your hands and solidify your trembling knees. What does that mean? In the spirit. Don't be afraid. Why would you have trembling knees? Because you're afraid. So he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't have trembling knees. Solidify your hands. In other words, let God show you. Trust him that he's the one that's training you. He's the one that's leading you into this so that you can grow into and be nurtured by him. Because we only know a little tiny bit of anything. We really don't know a whole lot of anything when it comes to the things of God. But it doesn't mean that he wants us to stay in that place. He's calling us to himself so that we can learn who we are. So it's not a thing. Yes, you acknowledge the fact. I'm just a little tiny baby <laughs> when it comes to the spirit. I totally am. And the more that you learn, the more of a little baby you realize that you are. Because what I have, I've been given. What you have, you've been given. The training we have, we've been given. No one boasts unless they're boasting in the Lord. Look what I studied. Look what I did. Listen, you can go to Bible school and you can study forever, but it doesn't equal revelation. That's just, it's going to get into your head at some point, and that's fine, but that's just your head. What God is bringing us into is experiences in him, training in him. And he's saying here, it's okay to be trained. It's good to be trained. Some of the training is not going to feel that great, okay? But the end is going to be good. And because of that, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Produce an upright course for your feet. In other words, walk confidently. Walk confidently in the Lord. Not in your own ability, but confidently in him. If you make a mistake, if you do something that you're like, I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Go back into the Lord. Go back and say, God, that was something I shouldn't have done, but I accept your training. I'm going to walk confidently some more. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people feel like they have to feel condemned all the time. God doesn't, remember when Jesus, you know, and I use this example all the time because it's really important. Jesus, the woman, was literally caught in adultery, like literally caught. I think actually it was public. Yeah, and they pulled her in front of these Pharisees, and they're ready to stone her. And Jesus, and he said, you without sin throw the first stone because he was just making it clear, right? And then they all left, right? Oldest to youngest is about what the Bible says. And then Jesus is writing in the ground. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. It can't be any clearer than that. It really can't. You know, if Jesus doesn't condemn us, why am I condemning myself? You know what I'm saying? This is what this is what he's saying. He's saying, go and sin no more. You see a mistake? Just stop. <laughs> Just stop doing it. <laughs> and go and 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 if it's something that you struggle, you couldn't stop, instead of trying to stop rests in him say i receive the strength of god to resist sin i receive in my body in my mind in my being who i really am which is righteous in him and whatever this thing is that's been bothering me that's been i've been fighting against instead of me fighting against it i'm letting christ fight for it for me because he already defeated this on the cross so I am going to rest in what he did. I'm going to rest in who I am in him. One of the reasons that people have, a, and, and again, this is a process of training. 
This is a process. You could you could be you could f fall in an area, and if you do, just get back up. That's all. Just get up. That's what it's saying here. Stand up straight. Walk confidently. Don't have shaky knees. Like oh, I'm so scared. Don't be scared because he's training us. He's teaching us. He knows who we are. So when we mess up, this isn't about condemning ourselves. It's about going back to the source. Go back to the source. What's the source? The source is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The source is who you are in him. You know, there's a lot of people that teach a lot of funny things about this stuff. And the Bible is very clear about it. And, you know, it's going to take some people to be bold about their teaching and about what it is that Christ has brought them into to get people out of this. They're doing this flim-flammy thing. They're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And the teachers are like, well, you should be condemned. And, and then other teachers are like, you should never be condemned about anything. Do what you want. Well, neither one of those is right, right? Who are you? Christ spoke to the nature. Jesus looked at the woman. I don't condemn you either because he saw exactly who she was. A child of God. And as a child of God, he said, you can go and sin no more. He gave her that word. When Christ gives you a word, that's as good as gold. That is gold. That word that comes into you, if you will take that and, and you will honor it for what it actually is, there's infinite power inside of that word. When God speaks a word to you, honor it as God's word, and it will within it, it's latent power. It's a seed. It's a seed. The words that Jesus speaks is, are seeds. When he told that woman, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Inside of that is a seed. What do you do with seeds? You plant them and you water them. And what happens to them when you do that? They grow. That's what you want to grow in your life. You want to grow words that Jesus speaks to you in your life. And you water a thing by honoring it. How do you honor things? Well, we talk about honoring dreams. Write them down. Honor those things. Think about, when I honor a thing, I think about it. We honor God. One way we honor God is we have these groups. We get together. We honor him. It doesn't, it's not about drawing a crowd. It's not about um, uh, showing off. You know, sometimes people go to church to show off, you know. Who shows off the most? Well, the people on stage are the most show-offs because they're the ones that can get up there and belt out a tune or do a message. I mean, come on, you know. It's ridiculous. But who are we? That's what it's about. Who are you? If you're a teacher, teach. If you're a singer, sing. Whatever you are, do it to the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. Let me show you this scripture. Okay, I'm going to show you another scripture. Because this is, this is really what it's about. We kind of complicate things through our religious teaching and not through our holy, the Spirit of the Lord, Holy Spirit, Father God teaching. You know what I'm saying? We're doing a lot of our things through more of a, of a, a, a uh, this is the way we always do it. You know, Colossians 3.17. Turn to Colossians 3.17. Because this is, this is where I think, you know, there's like a lot of mystery involved in this, you guys. A lot of, of, of uh, depth of, of God in some of these scriptures that I think we just really are starting to understand. <laughs> but, Wow, they're, they're, the topic is so big 
Like sometimes when, when the Lord gives me a topic, I'm like, the topic's so big, I don't even know where to start. You know, like when you're when you get an, um, a Wendy's uh, milkshake and you have that straw and you're just like, and you're like, this is too thick. <laughs> I need a spoon. <laughs> there are teachings that are like that. And the Lord's like, here, hunk. And I'm like, this isn't going to get through a straw. <laughs> We're going to have to piece this out a little bit. So sometimes when I teach, you have to give me some grace because I get so much all at once and it's hard to deliver it and get little pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so, but look at this Colossians 3 17. Let every activity, this is the Passion Translation, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Isn't that good? Let, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Doesn't this sound a lot like I was... Yeah, and I was saying that at the beginning. This fragrance, it's a frequency. When you smell something, it's because your nose is connected to your brain that can alert you of a frequency in the smell range. <laughs> so guess what else you are? You are a spirit, and your spirit can pick up things in multiple ranges in a different dimension, in a spiritual dimension. We call this quantum physics. Quantum physics. So in quantum physics, there are other aspects of your being that you can pick up on things. So you, so what do we start with? Awareness of what? Of God. See how simple that is? See how simple? You just stop and you become aware of him. Because he didn't go anywhere. <laughs> He's always been here. He's around us. and He's in us. That's quantum physics right there. Okay, and so where are we? We're in him. He's in us. Now that knowledge, now take it, right? Mm -hmm. Take that knowledge and now let your activity, every word that comes from your lips, everything you're doing, be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So now we just took something that we considered common and we've elevated it. Isn't that amazing how you can do that? You can do that in anything you do. You don't even have to be like hyper-religious. Hey, everyone, before we go and, you know, dig this hole in the ground, let's pray. You don't have to do that. You just are who you are. You live out of the oneness that you have in Christ. It's an awareness of this. It's taking the thoughts that you have about yourself, connecting them with God's thoughts that he has for you. And by taking those two together, you're creating this combination, like this almost like a chemical reaction, but it's a spiritual reaction of our oneness. So my thoughts are now connected to God's thoughts because the scripture says you have the mind of Christ. I say my thoughts are going up higher. I now have the mind of Christ. My thoughts and God's thoughts together create this combination, right? And now boom, right around me. What is it? The love of God. An awareness of who God is. Think about this. There are people all over the city. And you know what they need? They need to know about him. They need to know, no matter where they are and what they're doing, that there is a Father God in heaven. 
who loves them so much and watches over them every day and thinks about them all the time and plans good things for them every day from the littlest bug to the greatest thing that they could see in their life. And if that knowledge is as that knowledge increases on the earth and people start shifting their understanding of who they are, it will change everything because they become aware of who he is. They become aware of where they were made. All of the lies, all of the, like there's a grid over the earth, okay? I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a grid, okay? It's like a black, it's like a black, crusty grid, gooey grid, okay? And it tries to funnel, okay? It tries to funnel information that's coming from heaven to the earth so you can't hear it. It's called a matrix, okay? It's a matrix. It's around the earth. And, and, and there are beings involved in that that are not nice. But there is a place you can go within, in Christ, that completely bypasses that entire matrix. And so what we do is we become aware of who we are in Christ. We become aware of where we've been brought into right? We release that knowledge on the earth, and then people can all over the earth can go in. You're the gate. You don't need to go up into heaven. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't say go over here, go over there. He's over here. He's over there. He goes, it's right here, right? So this is where we are. This is what God has done for us, okay? So let every activity of your lives, every word that comes from your lips, be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, Okay, and now look and bring your constant praise to God the Father. And then this is in italics because of what Christ has done for you. Okay, and again, this is, and I think he's right on this, the guy who interpreted this. This is a little bit of a commentary, obviously, but it says this bring your constant praise to God the Father. Why? Because of what Christ has done. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful right there. Because now instead of you having to work at something to become worthy of God, to become aware, you're just becoming aware of what Christ has done. And in becoming aware of what Christ has done, now all of a sudden coming from within you is praise. Because now Christ is going, look, look what I did here and look what I did there and look what I did here and look what I did there and look at this and this and this and this. And all of this is going up to praise to God. And in your mind, you're having memories of what things? You're having memories of this, and you're having memories of that, and you're having memories of this. And what's God doing? He's saying, I was faithful here, and I was faithful there, and I was faithful here, and I was faithful there. And I remember that one day when you were walking outside, and I gave you the name for that domain name. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Just came to me instantly. Could have been an angel. Honor your angels. Don't pray to them. They're a reflection of God. They're co-laborers with you. But be aware of them. Be aware of your angel. Be aware that your angel's watching out for you because your angel has the same purpose that you do in God. You're working together. You pray to God. Pray to him. God sends his angels. You see how it works? He sends the angels. The angels aren't God. They were sent by God. You pray to God. You talk to him, but you become aware of your angel, and you can talk to your angels. They are your dearest friends. Your angels are your dearest friends. You talk to them, yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, to talk, you know, and you talk to them, but you don't like worship them. Like, oh, you're so powerful, angels, we worship. You don't say that. They hate, they do not like. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's fine to talk to angels. Yeah, yeah. You can talk to your angels. It's fine to talk to your angels, and and you just tell them how much you love them, or her. You know, because there are female angels. You can talk. You can just say how much you love them, and and appreciate everything. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and and when you're caught up in the knowledge of God, and He just and then like you have different things that can happen to you, right? Obviously, it's all completely the Lord. It's not you. But you could have these times where you're remembering your angel. And you're like, I don't have that memory, except I just have it now. How did that happen? <laughs> He's showing you the same situation from the perspective of your angel. How is that even possible? But because we're being trained, you see, we're learning. And what we know now, we didn't know then. But now that we know it, he's saying, guess what? You don't ever miss a lesson. You don't ever miss. You know why? Because you could always say to yourself, man, I wish I would have known this back then. And God's like, let me show you. Now that you know this now, I will take you back in time. That's amazing right there. And that lesson that you know now, I'm going to now take you there. And you can experience this experience that you had in the past with the knowledge that you have right now. Isn't that amazing how he does that? Because he's not limited by time and space. God is not limited. He has no limitation whatsoever. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> the Bible says that. God doesn't do anything unless he likes it. He does of his good pleasure, the Bible says. So he loves those things. And Jesus himself, the reason that God came in, in flesh, the Son, you know, in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came in the flesh. The Bible says that he was crucified and he, he suffered death. In other words, he humbled himself to death. He's like, okay, death, go ahead, right? He humbled himself to death. And why did he do that? For the joy that was set before him because he knew that he was going to have a big family. Isn't that great? He loves family. He loves us all very much. And he does see us all as related. When you look at Jesus for a while, you become aware of him you kind of do feel like you have a giant family. Like everybody, because we always talk about the family, the human the human race. We use the word race. It's not a race, it's a family. It's the human family. And if you want to say race is the is the pigment of dirt that your, your particular skin came from, well, that's garbage because that has nothing to do with you. What about your eyes? What about your hair? It's all humanity that is in God, created in his image and his likeness to do what? to exemplify, to speak, to portray the love of God to all the creation. We are that being. We are the ones who speak to the birds, who speak to the plants, who speak to each other, and we exemplify and we portray and we uh, release the fragrance of the love of God in everything that we do. And why do we do that? Because it's normal for us. It's a thing that we do and we love it because we love him. So the more aware we become, we create that chemical bond, that chemical reaction in the spirit. And then the love of God is released through us throughout all the world. So that's why you can do this. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your mouth be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. This is not a thing you work at. This is who you are. And it starts by remembering who you are. And now we can just live like that. What happens if I didn't do that? Just remember, go back again. What happens if I'm living like a heathen? <laughs> well, just remember who you are and be like, that's not me. Yeah, 
I'm going to be I'm going to be who I am now. I'm not going to be condemned. I'm going to just be just like Jesus said. Go. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'd be like, I'm just going to go and sin no more. How about that? <laughs> because he's made us clean. He's made us clean. We didn't make ourselves clean. We can't make ourselves clean. <laughs> Well, this is why we have the teaching of, what do we call it? It's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus makes us, what does it say, the song say? White as snow. Cleanses us, makes us white. We're white as snow on the inside. That means we're clean, right? We're, cl we're clean, right? So Jesus cleanses us from things that we carry with us. Yeah, don't carry it with you. You don't need a man. You don't need a man. You have one person, Jesus, the Messiah, seated in heavenly places now. He is the one who cleansed us. He cleansed the whole world of sin. So anytime you're reminded of sin, be reminded of the cleansing blood of Jesus that cleanses us from sin. And then there's no condemnation in that. No condemnation. Don't allow condemnation to identify you. Let Jesus identify you. Let his blood cleanse you. If you think one of the most famous Christians of all time is the Apostle Paul. Isn't he? Wouldn't you say the Apostle Paul? Other than maybe the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul. Right? Other than Jesus, of the apostles, they're very, very... John, there's a couple there. But Paul delivered the gospel message. Well, you know what else Paul did? He used to be Saul. And what did he do? He was known for killing Christians. His job was terrorist. You see? And he's the one that teach, and he's the one that received the revelation from Jesus about the gospel being shared throughout all the earth. God, God does not have favorites like that. He sees us as precious in his sight, and he cleanses each one. And that's why the Bible says in that past scripture, it says, you haven't even resisted sin to the point of blood coming out your pores. Jesus did that. So don't don't condemn yourself when you haven't even resisted to that level anyway. Instead, rest in the finished work of the cross of what Jesus has done in you. And now there's no condemnation because why? Because the blood of Jesus has set me free from sin. Set me free. That's not my identity. I'm identified in him now. And remember what I said at the beginning of what sin is? It's nurturing things not according to their nature. <laughs> That's what it is. It means you're, you're instead of watering with water, <laughs> you're pouring gas on it. <laughs> That's not going to help the plant. <laughs> and so Jesus says, look, let's get some water in here. <laughs> let's do it. And, and again, our identity is in him, not on the things that we do. Okay, so be identified in Christ. Let your activity, let your words, let the things that come from your mouth be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. And again, this is Colossians 3.17. If you want to look it up later, Colossians 3.17 in the Passion Translation, becoming aware of our oneness, becoming aware of who he is, becoming aware of what Christ has already done. Now we live from that place. Now every bit of strife, every bit of, of confusion, every bit of bitterness, every bit of stuff is gone because we see ourselves identified in him. We no longer have to live according to our own whims. 
We live according to his desire, and he's the one that nurtures us. He's the one that teaches us. All right? Does that sound good, guys? All right, let's, for our broadcast, let us close in prayer. Father, we thank you for being in us. We just meditate in you right now. Become aware of our oneness in you. Become aware of you all around us and in us. That your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Every thought, every imagination that is not of you, we just see that, that it's just completely cleansed in the blood of Jesus. See it wiped clean. Gates open. Hallelujah. We love you so much and thank you. Thank you for sharing with us, nurturing us, and training us in righteousness and in love. In Jesus' name, amen.